Real estate is competitive and many agents hold successful strategies close to their chest, but not great agents and certainly not me. I'm here to help you succeed. I'm Chris Heller with this week's episode of the Agent Advice Podcast. Everyone in the industry knows agents need a way to make smarter decisions based on data and real reviews, not just sales pitches. Hi, it's Chris Heller, Chief Real Estate Officer at Ojo Labs on our Agent Advice Podcast. And today we have a very cool and uh, accomplished guest and someone I've known for for a bit. Uh, Noah Ostroff. Noah, take a moment and, and introduce yourself and tell the audience where they're at. In fact, why at this point, just tell them if they want to get a hold of you how to do so now so they don't have to wait till the end. All right, great. Yeah, if you want to sign off now and not listen to the next uh, three hours of me and Chris talking, uh, you can get me by email, noah at phillyliving.com. But uh, if you decide to stay on for the rest of the, uh, the interview, we're going to drop some good gold nuggets on you. So sit back and relax. All right. So you're, Noah, you have... Um, you're sort of unique in the business, right? There, there's we have we've had great agents on, we've had great teams on. You have a you have a, a great team, you know, does a, a, a ton of volume. You own a, a brokerage or two brokerages now. You also do development. So tell tell us a little bit about like what what your world looks like from a business standpoint. Yeah. So when I when I started out in real estate, I actually started out on the development side of the business, working for a couple large home builders. Uh, as a project manager and a, as a construction manager. So sort of learn the business from that end, uh, being on the ground. Then in 2008, moved back to Philadelphia from Florida where I was doing the, the construction stuff uh, to become a real estate agent. And I just naturally gravitated towards working with builders uh, and people that were developing properties. And after a couple of years of, of doing that, uh, I decided to start developing some stuff on my own. Right. So back in 2010 is when I started to develop stuff on my own one house, two houses, three houses. And, you know, now we're doing a project that's going to be uh, 82, 82 units. So we're starting to get into bigger and bigger projects. Um, so start out as an individual agent, 2008, started my team in probably 2010 called Philly Living. And uh, we've been growing that ever since. And we've we've had ups, we've had downs, we've gone sideways, we've gone backwards, and well, always with the intention of going forward. Made a lot of changes over the years, uh, trying to figure out where our value proposition was going to lie and what we can do for marketing. Um, 2016 was when I uh, started my own brokerage. It's KW Keller Williams Philly, and we've been doing that since 2016. And that sort of leads us up to today. So we have the, the team, we have the, the, the brokerage, we have two brokerages now, and uh, we have the development company. So we can, we can talk about all those. Good. So, you know, you um, jokingly said, you know, you've gone forward, backward, sideways. Um, so it's good for everyone to hear that, that even the most successful teams all experience that. And, and, and as agents, we all have experienced that. I mean, um, so t- tell me a little bit about the team. How many, how many people on the team and how much business do you guys do? Yeah, right now, uh, this year, we, we have uh, about 25 agents on the team, plus a, plus a good staff. Um, so the, the sales team will probably do about $150 million in sales volume this year. Um, we also have a, a rental division on our team as well, uh, where we, we, re- we lease about 1,000 properties a year through that division. Uh, and then we recently acquired a property management company as well, all through the Philly Living umbrella 
and we manage about 2,500 properties uh, through our property management company as well. Oh, that's great. So you guys are in, in the city is where the bulk of your business is? Correct. Yeah, we're right in, we're right in Center City. All right. Very cool. And the, uh, and the agents on your team, do you, do you bring on new agents? Do you primarily look for experienced agents? What, as, a, as someone that owns and runs a, you know, a high-octane team, how do you sort of approach that? Well, o- over the years, we've had different uh, takes on that, that question. And, and internally, we've asked ourselves, do we want new agents? Do we want more experienced agents? You know, there's positives and negatives for, for each, each one of those categories. Uh, for, the, for the new agents, we like new agents that, that fit the criteria that we're looking for, that are, that are you know, aggressive and uh, are able to talk to people and just like good human beings, really. And uh, we feel like we can mold them into becoming successful agents. And we've taken a lot of new agents on the team uh, and, and grown them to 10, $20 million producers on, on the team. So we do like that. But with that, with the new agent comes a lot of extra work, right? There's a, there's a lot yeah. more handholding. There's a, certainly a lot more mistakes. Um, it, it takes a lot more time to work with new agents. So there's been times on our team where we didn't feel like we were doing agents. Uh, we, were, we, we felt like we were doing agents a disservice by bringing them onto the team because we didn't have the proper coaching and mentorship at different stages of our, of our team evolution. So uh, there have been times that we didn't bring new agents on because we didn't feel like we were prepared for that. Um, and then there have been other times like now where we have a director of education on the team or we've had a sales uh, director of sales where those people can work directly with the new agents and help them get to the level in their careers that we that we thought. Uh, um, so right now we're doing we're, we're taking new agents and we're taking experienced agents. But our preference would be is to take you know, experienced agents that are already in the business that are already bringing uh, business into the company. The, um, you know, I know one of the things that people always ask and, and when they hear about, you know, a team like yours with, with you know, 20 plus people on it doing $150 million in volume, um, you know, how do you retain agents, right? That's, that's a challenge a lot of teams have. What are yeah. some of the things that you guys focus on to, to help keep that, that team together and growing? Yeah, I would say that's a uh, that's probably the biggest challenge uh, of any team, any large team. I would say uh, when when anybody asks me what the biggest challenge that I have in running the team, it's uh, keeping that small team feel, but still having the team grow big. Because you always want the team to feel small and have that culture of a small team where everybody knows each other and is talking to each other. Um, but you also it's, it becomes more difficult to do uh, when you have a bigger team. So there there's a lot of different things that we try to do to, to keep agents engaged and, and, and keep them on the team and keep them happy. What, what we have to remember is that agents join our team. Uh, we, we have a, we have an implied contract with agents that join our team, right? They join our team for a certain reason and it's our job to fulfill that value that they're joining the team for. So some agents join the team to, to get mentorship from me. Some agents join the team because they have friends on the team. Some people join the team because they think they're going to make more money or for the leads or for the support or for the marketing or because they like the colors of our logo. You know, everybody has a different reason why they want to join, join the team. And it's important for us to, to have a clear understanding of what it is that they expect out of us so that we can deliver on that expectation. And, and those those expectations change over time. So it's also important for us to, to do regular check-ins to understand what it is they expect so we can deliver on that value. 
Um, so part of that value, uh, I think globally on the team, part of that value is mentorship, uh, support, operational support, marketing support, and transactional support, uh, leads for certain people. You know, certain people are on the team because of leads, of course, um, and, and the culture. And that those are the things that we need to deliver on. And it, a lot of it stems through communication and having good communication with them. Um, and, you know, now in this environment we're in now, it, it's more of a challenge through, through COVID and quarantine because we're not in the office every day or, or any days, actually, yeah. for most of us. Yeah. And the challenge with that is when you're working in an environment close to one another, you could easily turn around and ask somebody a quick question and get a quick answer. And, you know, you have that camaraderie and you hear conversations and you feed off of that energy. Uh, right now, people have to find their own ways to get energy because there are, a lot of them are sitting in the houses by themselves, including, including me. Um, and if you want to ask a quick question, sometimes it's a, it, it's, you have to schedule a phone call and you have to coordinate between the two people to get the answers. And it, it's, it's a hard thing to do when you have 30 people. So, um, we're like right now we're just trying to over communicate with everybody, you know, call them, text them, email with them, have more meetings than we normally do. Um, but in, in previous years and, and moving forward, it's, uh, you know, doing what is expected of the agents. Yeah. That's, I know that's a long winded answer, but no, that's, a, that's a good answer. I mean, you said a lot of really, really valuable things and it, it sounds like, you know, you have, you said at the beginning, you know, there's certain types of agents you look for. But I, what I also heard you say is that you guys are very in tune with the needs of, of the individual and then making sure that you're able to deliver on those individual needs that may vary from one agent to another. Absolutely. Um, not trying to fit, uh, you know, a bunch of different round pegs into the same square hole. That's exactly right. And you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think that every agent on our team shares the same profile. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, that's not fun when you uh, forget to turn off your phone as the, as the host of the podcast. I think people are used to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, hey, one, of the, one of the things that we talked a little bit about uh, before we got on, but I know just as you described what you do and what your world looks like with your, your team and your brokerages and your development, that besides probably having and hopefully having a lot of fun and, and feeling good and productive about what you're doing, I assume that you're also doing this to create wealth. And I'm, I'm wondering, what is that? does that translate to your team members too? And, and is that something that you focus on with them? Yeah, we, we talk a lot about wealth building with the agents on our team and with the agents at our brokerage because the one leading question that I ask everybody that's in my world is, if you stop selling real estate tomorrow, how much money would you have coming in? Or if you stop selling real estate tomorrow, would you have enough money to cover your expenses? And to a lot of people, that is an eye-opening question for them because either they don't have any money coming in if they stop selling real estate tomorrow or not enough to cover their expenses. And that, that realization alone is enough for people to be open to having the conversation about wealth building. Because when I teach people about wealth building, you know, the definite, my definition of wealth is having $1 more of passive income $1 more of passive income than you have in personal expenses. So you, you have the freedom to do what you want when you want to do it. And that's free, financial freedom. That's, you know, freedom in your personal life to do what you want. Um, but that takes commitment. That takes long-term, a long-term uh, view on the world. A lot of people don't have a long-term view on the world, but um, 
building wealth is, is, is a, a game of time and the largest asset, uh, that people have in building wealth is, is time. And if you have that long-term perspective and realize that you're building this business for the future, then you can start chipping away at it every single year and building wealth. So we talk a lot about it on the team. We teach a lot of classes on it. Um, we have something on our team called the hundred percent club. And uh, it's called the hundred percent club because the definition of that is a hundred percent of your uh, uh, passive income is covering hundred percent of your personal expenses. And That's so cool. you know, everybody, everybody's striving for that. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad that you, that you mentioned sort of the long game and, you know, it's because a lot of people on your, like your, uh, relatively young guy, but a lot of young agents, um, and young people in general, I have four kids between the ages of 20 and 30, they, um, they want things now and, and they want to accomplish things very quickly. And when it comes to wealth building, and especially in our industry, uh, there's absolutely vehicles to do it, but it does take time. Oh yeah. Uh, and is, is real estate one of the primary areas that you work with your team on, you know, for them, you know, owning and acquiring and holding real estate? That's the primary area that we talk about. I mean, we talk about investing in businesses and, you know, I teach them classes about partnerships and LLCs and, you know, how to structure deals, but primarily focused on real estate and sort of put, I teach them about three different buckets because this is, this is the way that I conduct my business. My job, if you will, my job is, you know, selling real estate, running the brokerage, like that's my day to day what I come in and do. So then I take the money from that and I roll that into my development stuff uh, because that's where I make the larger chunks of money. Those, you know, when you sell flip houses that, that you get larger chunks of money from that. And then I take that money and then I invest that in the long-term wealth building strategy, which is the rental properties. And that's where you start to get the passive income, the residual income that's the money's coming in every single month. And, you know, then you're making money while you sleep, which is the, the ultimate goal. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit. The, um, with the, yeah, you've been in the industry long enough to see things start to change and evolve. Um, and on one hand, I know as a as a practitioner, you say, "Well, what I do now and what I did in 2008 is pretty much the same thing." But there has been a lot of change, right? Yeah, new technologies, new platforms. Um, for a new agent who's getting in the business now, and, and and let's let's say they don't unfortunately have the opportunity of joining your team, but they're looking at getting in the business. What's some advice you'd give to that new agent? Uh, with all the ways that we have of, of doing business and of getting started? Yeah, so uh, I, I probably get this exact question uh, at least once a week. And it's every new agent wants to know what's the secret sauce? What is it that I need to do being a new agent? So uh, what I decided to do is take the answer to that question and really think about it and put it into a, like a document, which I call uh, Noah's 20 Commandments. And it's basically, like it. yeah, basically what it is, is it's advice for every new agent. So if, if we have some time, I, I would like to read through that and kind of give I, some advice. For, I think for that'd be awesome. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about the, the Yeah. So, so, so number one, work more on your business than in your business. So okay? what does that mean? What does that mean? Like a newer agent, how do they, how do they think about that? Yeah. So working in your business is, you know, it could be stuff like, uh, you know, preparing your buyer presentation, going on your reply, your, you know, your home inspections, uh, showing property that's in your business, working on your business. That's about strategy. 
and you should be spending more time on the strategy of how you're going to drive your business forward and how you're going to generate leads and do business development because most of the time that you spend should be on business development. And if you strategize properly, you could be more focused rather than just taking the business as it comes to you. You're more purposeful about where you're seeking out the business, the price points you're working in, the neighborhoods that you want to focus on, the people that you, you choose to work with. That's what working on the business versus in the business means. So that's number one. Number two, seek out the people who are succeeding at the level you want to succeed at and make sure to get in front of them and learn whatever you can from them. So, you know, you listening to this podcast right now is hopefully you're, you're, you're trying to get in front of people that are at levels that you want to get to and following the advice that they do and, and continue to do that. What I've learned is, is uh, no matter where somebody is at in their career, uh, they are willing to meet with you if, if you ask. You know, Chris, when you were, I remember when you were the CEO of, of Keller Williams and, you know, I, I wanted to learn what you were doing and I reached out to you and you were more than willing to take a meeting with me. And, I'm, you know, you had a hundred and some thousand agents back then. And the key is just getting in front of uh, as many people as you can and learn from them. People are willing to share their knowledge. Yeah. Number three, this is very important. Read more books. So I read between, you know, one to three books a month, typically some, some months more than that. You're, you'll you'll get a ton of knowledge from reading books, and it's read or audio audio books. Uh, that's how you're going to drive your education forward and learn from people that are teaching things at a high level. Number four, hire a coach from day one. All the most professional people in any field, whether it's business, sports, anything, they all have a coach. And real estate agents should also have a coach and you should hire a coach from day one. It's very important. Even if you don't have the money to do it, find a way to get the money. Find someone that will coach you for free for a little while. It's important to get on the right path early on in your career. Hey, that, that's, I want to stop you on that one because that's one that I am such a strong believer in. Um, I've had a coach since the, the first day I learned that there was such a thing, which was like in the, like 1996. And I have a coach to this day, uh, even though I'm not involved with the day-to-day running of my team, but just a coach for all my all my needs and businesses. So I'm super glad that one made your list. Yep. Very important. Uh, number five, spend every day lead generating, no matter how busy you get, uh, you believe it or not, as a new agent, this may sound silly to you, but you, there will be a point in your career. If you lead generate enough that you're going to be so busy that you don't feel like you have time to lead generate. And that's the first mistake that people make. Cause if you, if you want your business to, to have ups and downs, don't lead generate. If you want to have a nice steady business, no matter how busy or how slow you are, make sure you're always lead generating, doing business development. It's the key to the business. Number six, learn what leverage is and become a master of it. So, so as you start to get into your career, uh, figure out what your dollar per hour wage is. So if you, if you've ever had a job where you, where you were paid a, a certain dollar per hour, you work a job, you make $20 an hour, whatever it is, you know what your hourly wage is. But real estate agents don't typically know what their hourly wage is. They'll work as many hours as they need to work to make money that they don't even, are not really accounting for the money. So they don't really know how much they make or how much they're, they're worth. Um, if you know what your worth is, and not your worth, if you know what you make per hour, then you can start hiring out for the things that are not at the hourly wage that you're at. So if eventually you in your career, you get up to making $100 an hour or more, then you can pay somebody else $20 an hour to do the other work that allows you to do more of the $100 an hour work. So master leverage is going to give you more time to sell more real estate and, and 
focus more on the, the higher dollar producing activities. And that's number seven also, that six and seven tie together, which is understanding what your dollar per hour wage is and hiring uh, for the positions that will free up your time so you can increase your dollar per hour wage. So six and seven tie into each other. Uh, number eight, surround yourself with forward-thinking, high-level thinkers. The, the people that you surround yourself with are going to be what helps get you to that next level. Uh, I remember when I switched from my previous company over to Keller Williams, the conversations that I was having at Keller Williams were just totally different than any other conversations that I was having at my previous company. And just from having those conversations and learning from what other people were doing, I took my business in 2014 from, from 90 million up to over 200 million in just one year, just from learning little tips and tricks from what other people were doing and being able to implement them. That's an important one. Awesome. Number nine, set goals equal to your potential. So we say a dream with a deadline is a goal. So make sure that you're actually setting goals that are equal to your potential. I, I find a lot of new agents will set goals that are, you know, achievable, but, but too easy. And, and I know that people can do more than some of the goals that they're setting. So make sure you're pushing yourself. Make sure that you put a set a high goal and then figure out a business plan to get to that. Because if you tell me your goal is $100 million in business, then we'll put together a business plan that will get you to $100 million because that business plan is much different than the business plan to get you to $5 million or $10 million or whatever, whatever the goal is. So if you're going to put together a business plan anyway, make sure you put it together with goals that are equal to your potential. Number 10, think like a business person, not a real estate agent. And a lot of real estate agents don't know the difference, but real estate agent, being a real estate agent, you are, you're a business person. Your real estate business is your business. And which means you have to have a profit and loss statement and a balance sheet. You have to understand, you know, how much money you make and talk about net profits and really make business decisions on your expenses based upon uh, what makes sense as a business. And I think that's a key concept uh, in real estate and learning what it takes to grow your business and drive your business forward. And then you can be a real estate agent after that, right? Once you learn the business, then you can then take those skills and translate that into being a good real estate agent. Number 11, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. A lot of people get in the business because they, they feel like real estate is what they see on TV and it's, you know, just showing houses and it's like a glamorous thing. And yes, there are certain things that are, are glamorous with, with real estate, but the best real estate agents are comfortable with being uncomfortable because you have to make cold calls. You're, you're calling people, whether it's cold calls or calling people that you know, either way, those are uncomfortable calls. And sometimes you have to have uncomfortable conversations with people in tough situations. So get comfortable with that because that's a part of the business. Number 12, do the hard things in life and life will be easy. Do the easy things in life and life will be hard. So the, the things that real estate agents do, uh, the extra effort that people put in that are hard will help make their lives easier in the end. So don't just take the easy path in real estate. Find the things that nobody else is doing where there's opportunities and gravitate towards those and master those things. Number 13, our lives and our careers are determined by our acceptance or our rejection of our perceived limitations. So try not to have limiting beliefs when you enter the real estate industry. Uh, there's a lot of ups and downs emotionally in this business. Try to control that and, and don't let your perceived limitations determine what your career is all about. Um, 
one thing we talk about with real estate, but this is just a good life lesson as well, is chase your passion, not the money, because the money will come if you're passionate about what you do. So if you're becoming a real estate agent, make sure you're passionate about it. Make sure you understand why you got into the business. You know, don't make it just about the money because at some point in your career, it won't be about the money and you'll have to remember the reason why you're doing this every day. It's very important. Uh, number 15, act like a professional so you can get paid like a professional. So real estate agents get paid a lot of money. You can make a lot of money being a real estate agent. The sky's the limit. There's no real ceiling to how much money you can make. But if you want to get paid like a professional, you have to act like a professional. You have to act like a business person. Your reputation is very, very important in this business. Number 16, you don't get revolutionary results from a revolutionary process. You get revolutionary results from an evolutionary process. And this is tying back in, Chris, to what we talked about with the wealth building. It's, it's, it's an evolution, right? Your real estate business is an evolution. It's Think of it like a snowball rolling downhill. The more business you do, the bigger that snowball gets and the more and more deals that you're going to do. But it's an evolution. First, you're going to have to learn uh, what to do and then how to do it and then go out and do it and then evolve as a business person, as a human being, and as, as an agent. Um, it, it, it's, it's, we tell people buying a house is a process, not an event. It doesn't just happen. There's a process to that. And that's the same thing with your career. Uh, number 17, every day you need to go to work like you are unemployed. So you need to have the mindset that your job is to get hired by the end of that day. So your job is lead generation, right? Go into work every day, act as if you're unemployed and you need to get hired, whether it's to hired to, to list your house, list somebody's house or to work with them as their buyer's agent. That is what your job is to do every day. Number 18, uh, your reputation in this business is one of the most important things that you have. So make sure you treat other agents with respect. They are not your competition. They are your colleagues. And remember that because either you're bringing a buyer to their listing, they're bringing a buyer to, to your listing. You have to work together with other agents. So make sure that you are respectful to them and that you take pride in your reputation because if you want to have a, a long career in this business, it's important to have a good reputation. Number 19, go to as many training events as you can. So look at this as an investment, not as an expense. Uh, the training is very, very important in this business. There's so much to learn. You'll get a huge return on this investment if you focus on training and education throughout your career. If you, if, if you don't go to work every day and learn something, you, you weren't paying attention that day. It's very, very important to continue your, your learning throughout your career. And number 20, great people will give you the highest return on investment. So higher than any other expense that you have, a great hire is worth three times what a good hire is worth. So don't be afraid to overpay for the right talent once you get to that point where you can start hiring leverage. And one last bonus one for everybody, number 21, uh, take time to celebrate your victories. Make sure you take time off, enjoy your life. This business, this real estate business can consume you in, in a lot of ways and you can definitely get burnt out very quickly if you don't manage your time and your schedule. So make sure you're making time for your family, make time for your friends, make sure you're planning and taking vacations. There, there, there's never gonna be a good time to go away. It's either gonna be your busy season and you're gonna be too busy or it'll be your slow season and you're working double time to get more business, but you can always make time to enjoy yourself. So remember, to always have fun. That's hey, it. All right. Well, that's that's more than that's it. That that is um, 
That is super cool that you shared that. That if if that section right there was worth the price of admission, uh, and uh, and we didn't rehearse that, so you segued into that very smoothly, Noah. Very proud of you. Um, but those are great. Those are great things. You know, having um, having got to do this for a long time, a hundred percent of those items of, of those twenty one items are accurate. If anyone's questioning any of those, save the time, save the energy, don't question, just listen to them and, and follow those. Um, you know, no, if you, um, if you, I'm sure people would like to get a list of that um, because they might be listening in their car or anywhere else. If you send a, um, a list of, or a copy of that to me, I'll see if we can uh, include a link in the podcast page so that people can, can have that if, you, if you're good with that. You got it. Absolutely. Yes. All right. So hey, you've been super, super generous with not only your time, but also just sharing you know, authentically with what, what you do and, and how you do it with your teams. You know, as we, we've all experienced a, a, a challenging year, and, and I think uh, coming into the next year, it's going to be a year of opportunity. What are some of the things that you're focusing on either you know, with your personal business or for your team or your businesses? Uh, we're we're looking to to reallocate our time and our money into <clears throat> trying to build our own ecosystem of of lead generation. So we're trying not to go out and and pay a lot of money to have leads be sent to us. We're trying to generate that on our own. So between our property management company and our uh, rental division, you know, we have thousands of people that we work with every single year that are future buyers, landlords, they're future sellers, they're also buyers, they're investors. So if we do a good enough job of staying in front of the people that are already in our world, we can create our own ecosystem, which generates leads within our team. So then our commercial division can sell somebody a piece of land and help them take it through development. And if they put a, a new construction uh, development on it, our sales team can sell it. If they put an apartment building on it, our leasing team can lease it up for them and we can also manage it for them. And then we can still maintain those relationships over the course of time so we can generate our own business. So um, next year, the what we're going to continue, what we worked on, started working on this year was just to build that platform out um, and to continue to cultivate those relationships and try to go deeper with the people that are already in our world uh, and figure out creative ways to market to them and stay in front of them and, you know, uh, manufacture reasons to, you know, get in front of them really, because the relationship, you know, we want to try to start these relationships earlier on in the process. Cause a lot of the, a lot of relationships start at the point of transaction when they're ready to buy and sell. We want to try to get to people earlier on in the relationship before they're even a buyer or a seller. Then by the time when they become a buyer and seller, they're already in our world and they're already working with us and they never become a lead of one of the bigger platforms that, that has to be paid for. Yeah, I love it. It's 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 one of the benefits of, of growing a business at scale. You know, when you get to a certain scale, you can start to do those things and really start to focus on those things and have that that snowball effect, if you will. Yep. All right. So Noah at phillyliving.com if, if people want to contact you and, and learn more. Uh, and I imagine if they had a referral for uh, for Philadelphia, you could probably help them with that too. Absolutely. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, hey, um, one last question. We get asked this a lot. People always want to know, and this is not as a not for a commercial for any of the companies you deal with or products you use, but 
Would you mind sharing some of the technologies that you use to run your business from, you know, any marketing platform, CRMs, um, knowing that, you know, everyone has to find what's best for them, but people just always want to know what, what others are using. Yeah. So um, for the past, I don't know, five or six years, maybe longer, we've been using Infusionsoft as our CRM. Uh, we're, we're trying to transition to KW Command. Um, but in the meantime, we've, we've switched over to Salesforce right now um, on, on the, the, the corporate level, if you will. Yeah. Um, we're only running that uh, through the team. Individual agents are using uh, KW Command right now. Uh, we use Realvolve for our transaction management system to manage our transaction process. Um, I, I, I don't know that we were using Real Geeks for our website platform, but we just recently switched that. I'm not sure what we're using right now. Um, what else? What other technology did I miss? Um, you, you hit on some of the high, Yeah, it's probably the high level stuff. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Well, hey, Noah, again, thanks for uh, joining. And, you know, one of the reasons people go to Agent Advice is to learn about those type of companies and products that you just mentioned. So thanks for doing that. Uh, thanks for thanks for sharing. This is uh, really valuable content for people. And I know everyone's going to enjoy listening to uh, some of the stuff that you shared. Appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on today. All right. No, take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Agent Advice Podcast. And remember, you can use agentadvice.com as a free resource. Just as the name suggests, it's written by agents for agents. That's all the time we have today. Thank you, and we look forward to hearing you and seeing you next time.